Thank you for listening to another episode of Recovery Nuggets Podcast. What's up, all you Recovery Nuggets? It's your host, David Clemen, Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Happy New Year. It's 2024, and it's chilly here in North Carolina, but I like the cold. I like the winter. It's time to reflect, and I was thinking about some things to talk about as far as a new year and um, recovery and how we move forward on the path. And um, I was thinking about some things such as facing fears. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And for example, I've never been a um, gun person. I mean, I've had a BB gun when I was a kid and I still have one, but that was to shoot cans. And uh, my grandfather taught me how to shoot cans with a BB gun. And he said, well, you know, whatever you do, let me back up a little bit. He put up a sawhorse in his garage and put cans on it on a two by four. And uh, the garage actually ended up being the house in the garage that I grew up in from third grade on once he passed away. But uh, he showed me how to use it, showed me how to point, name, and fire towards the can, which was fun. And then he said, you know, you never want to shoot towards the ground because it can hit the back wall and then come back and ricochet and might hit you. Well, once he got me going, he went back inside and it was like, as soon as the door shut, I couldn't wait to shoot the ground in front of me to see if it would ricochet. And the very first shot, it ricocheted, hit the back wall, hit the ceiling and hit me right in the forehead. (laughs) So, um, that was kind of my lesson there. And then, uh, one time I took the gun with my dad to a friend of his and they were letting me shoot cans and stuff like that. But I remember coming across a frog and, you know, I was probably six or seven at the time and, um, just walking around, I was watching frog. And then I had this thought, Oh, what if I shoot the frog? Well, I shot the frog and it died instantly. And, um, I felt terrible. I mean, I just felt awful because I had like taken this frog's life just for curiosity. And it just was terror. You know, I could not believe that I did that. And that was the impact, um, of shooting something. So that kind of set the precedent of me, like not wanting to know about guns and things like that. But, um, I have a coworker that he goes to the range a lot and we, uh, we have a pistol here and I've, you know, I didn't know how to load it or shoot it. So I started looking at some videos and, um, I went ahead and went to the range with them and learned how to properly handle a firearm and, and shoot towards a target. And, you know, it was a little, I was a little nervous, but I also wanted to face that fear of what it's like to handle a pistol. 
you know, like my mom, for example, she's over the years, she's gone and got some training and got concealed, uh, weapon license and things like that. But, um, and that's just one example, like even after the experience of going to the range and shooting a pistol and, and learning about it, um, I hope I never have to use it. That's really where I'm at with it. And, you know, I don't carry a gun and that kind of stuff, but, um, so I was thinking about like facing fears, you know, and that was a fear. And then, um, you know, I was doing some writing this morning and I wrote, you know, what are some other fears I'm facing or I have faced in my recovery. And like, for me, uh, I've always struggled with weight when I'm not focused on it. And, uh, then I got to thinking about, well, cause I put some weight back on actually a lot. And I'm, I was trying to look at like, what is the actual fear around that? And so what I wrote was probably the fear of missing foods and drinks that are not good for me. And I have to think about that. Like, is it the fear of what people will think because I'm wearing bigger clothes? No, that's not really a fear. That's just like ego stuff and um, maybe some fear of like, oh, what will people say? You know, and that gets into like people pleasing and things like that. But no, the fear is that I won't be able to eat and drink things that I like to eat and drink. And so when I have gotten into shape and lost weight and felt better about myself, I didn't care about those things that I thought I was missing. You know, the, the cakey type food, the sweets, the sugary drinks. Um, cause I don't really overeat. I'm not an overeater. It's just more about choices. You know, what am I choosing to eat? And as I've gotten older, I would say that my, my metabolism has slowed down a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I haven't been exercising. So recently I have made a conscious effort to not eat a bowl of cereal before I go to bed. I have been going back to the gym and training and I started uh, wearing a rucksack and walking around the neighborhood. It's about 14 pounds, 14 or 15 pounds. And um, just in a few weeks, I have found that I already feel better. My mental clarity feels better. My outlook looks better. Um, I really don't drink it. You know, I don't drink a ton of sodas like I used to growing up. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of in this space where I'm like really taking a look at like, what are the things I'm afraid of? What is the actual fear? Is it an irrational fear? You know, an irrational fear is something that you think is like, oh, I have to be afraid of it. But that's not really, it's just kind of something I came up with. Uh, the definition says irrational fears pop up when no actual threat exists. They can also be fears of fictional future situations. These imagined fears come with intense, frightening thoughts and an outsized reaction, like going out of the way to avoid the possibility of the scenario ever occurring. You know, and um, that was a lot of my life, like irrational fears, you know. 
And uh, it's just <laughs> most of the time, you know, that saying says most of the time, like 90% of what we fear never happens. Maybe even more than that. We just get all wound up and think that it's because we thought that it's going to happen, that it's definitely going to happen because I thought of it and it's going to happen. So I have to be careful with that stuff. And um, so it got me thinking about, well, what else, and you know, what other fears have I faced or am I facing right now? And, you know, when I turned 50, I really thought kind of it, it was over. Like that was it midlife it really bothered me mentally because i was kind of letting go of the youth of my life and so now i'm moving into this new phase where i'm i'm looking into well what do i want to do as far as work goes and how i spend my time for whatever time i have left you know so uh, i have some friends that have given me a nudge to take some education courses and in terms of maybe working in the addiction field and recovery field, uh, as far as a peer support specialist. So I took two classes recently. One is called RAP, which is a wellness recovery action plan class. And then a PSS certification, which is peer support specialist. And that was a 40, actually a 50 hour class. So I'm just waiting on my certificate to get that back. And, um, you know, a fear of, oh, well, moving into this new field, even if it's part time, do, am I good enough? Can I do it? And the answer is yes. Like I am good enough to do that. I have a lot of experience in and around recovery. And so it's just a natural thing for me to be doing. And, um, you know, the longer I stay clean, the more confident I have or the more confident I am in my abilities. You know, I've, I'm coming up on 12 years working where I work right now. And, um, it's a great company. The people are great. I like the work. I'm doing some more administrative stuff and, you know, I'm the production manager there. So, um, my role has shifted over the years and um, the owner is kind of mo- moving towards uh, retirement and his son, Alex, and his wife are t- kind of moving into the roles that the owners, the original owners held. And so that's been neat to watch. And, um, you know, I just turning 50 really kind of made me you know, take a look at like where I'm, what I want to do with the rest of my time. And so when you have uh, fears of like, oh, the fear of the unknown, I can stay stuck in whatever it is I'm doing or whatever you're doing, you know, like, or I can take action and take a course and go from there. You know, a lot of times when I take action, the universe or my higher power or God, whatever you want to call it, seems to move in my favor to help me. Uh, that's been my experience and that, that came from recovery for me. Like when I asked for help early in recovery, I got help, but when I didn't ask for help, nothing happened. And so I've kind of tried to keep that in mind throughout my recovery. 
is that sometimes I have to ask for help. And the other part is I have to take action. I have to get in the, I have to get in the solution. You know, I, I heard this, uh, this thing about, <laughs> I think it was Metalark Lemon was speaking here in town and, um, he was talking about people's, uh, he said, you got, uh, <laughs> what was it? You got Cadillac uh, wants, but bicycle faith. You know, like you want a Cadillac, but you got bicycle faith. And so there's a big disconnect of like what needs to happen to get to that Cadillac faith. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny to think about that, but there's sometimes I think the biggest limits that are put on us aren't from other people. They're from ourselves. And so I know and I've really been kind of having a self-talk like, all right, you know, you put some weight on and that's okay. Like, but you also know that you can exercise, eat better and the weight will come off. And that's on me. That's not on the fact that I grew up drinking sodas as a kid. That was 40 years ago, you know, 45 years ago. So I can't, keep these old ideas just limiting me. I have to make new decisions and new choices. And, you know, everything is kind of like, as far as like in my life, you know, everything waxes and wanes, you know, like um, I'm consistent in a lot of areas and other areas I'm inconsistent. And so that's what I have to look at is like, Oh, all right. I'm just not being consistent with or disciplined with a regimen of food and exercise. So that is, there's nothing that's holding me back from changing that. That's just making a decision. And so a lot of times when um, I'm struggling with something, I just haven't made a decision. You know, when you're sitting on the fence, I mean, the fence is literally the worst place to be on any situation in your life because once you make a decision you can either live with it or not be happy about what the results but at least you made a decision but sitting on the fence is just like sitting right in the 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 kind of bullseye of fear sitting on the fence and uh so making decisions getting in solution, asking for help, all that stuff really gets me out of fear and into the solution and usually into a resolution. And, um, I usually feel better about myself when I do that. So some things I was thinking about this morning and, uh, you know, there's some other stuff I'm going to try this year. Um, going to go to some wilderness survival camps where you learn how to do, Bushcraft. I'm into learning how to use field knife and starting fires without a lighter and building a shelter and just, you know, new challenges. And like part of the reason I want to do get back in shape is for a fishing trip. It's kind of like a bucket list fishing trip in North Carolina where you you take a boat across Fontana Lake and then you hike in, you know, two to three miles for what's described as 
lifetime fishing trip for trout, but you got to be in shape to do it, you know, and you're, you're basically out there in the woods and, you know, it could be two to three miles in with gear. So, um, that's why getting back in fit shape to climb and walk and hike and carry something on my back is important to me is because that's, you know, that's what I want to do. And, um, it's something to look forward to. Like my friends and I, we, we talk probably once a week, most of us, you know, and, uh, one of the big themes that we talk about is having something to look forward to. Uh, when I don't have anything planned or there's not much going on, it feels like, just kind of feels like this void of, oh, well, is this all worth it or whatever? I'm just working and coming home. But when you make plans and sometimes you got to put in a little effort to have some fun. Like tonight, I double booked a, so we have these really good, let me back up. A really good friend, Steph and Sarah normally have Thanksgiving and they do like 30, had 30 people come over, her parents cook a turkey, the whole deal. Well, her parents had moved out of town and now they were moving back into town. And so there was a lot going on. So they scheduled Friendsgiving for January 20th, which is today. And I've known about it for two months. And then earlier this week, actually on Sunday, uh, some of the kids came over and we were shooting basketball up at the park. And, um, we had talked about going to a basketball game here at UNCW because they, uh, they're they pretty good and it's a fun time. So I saw I'll check into tickets and um, when I got home, there were tickets for the ball game tonight. So I reached out to all the guys in the family and see, to see if they wanted to go. And they were like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Well, I bought the tickets and then... Monday when I went to work, I got, I got a text from Steph saying, friendly reminder, Friendsgiving is this weekend at five o'clock and the game starts at six. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I double booked. Right. But, and the reason I, I felt bad is because I like to, if I tell someone I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. Right. So I reached out to her immediately and told her what happened. And she goes, oh, I'll go to the game. It'll be fine. But um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go early, take their presence, and give them a hug because I want to see them. It's important to me. you know. Keeping my word is a big deal to me. Um, and that's one thing. My dad taught me that as a kid. He's like, son, you got to keep your word is your bond. And uh, even though... I did spiral into addiction. Um, I really did try to keep that throughout. Now I definitely broke my word a lot and that's part of where the guilt and shame came in. Right. Um, but as I've been clean, I, if I say I'm going to be there at seven, I'm going to be there at seven. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm not into keep making people wait. If you call me and leave me a message, I'm going to call you back. Uh, it's just a common courtesy thing. And so, that kind of stuff is is super important to me, and I think it helps me sleep at night, you know, keeping my word. And um, and I had to start small when I first got clean. You're going to go to the meeting? Yes, I'm going to go to the meeting. All right, going to the meeting. Okay, I kept my word there. It's just these little, 
little ways we can build self-esteem. You know, in our literature, in the 12-step group that I go to, it talks about we build self-esteem by doing esteemable things. And um, I try to do, I try to give back to people. I try to donate where I can. And, you know, as part of the reason I still do this podcast is to give back, share experience, and uh, give hope, you know. Um, I remember being hopeless there towards the end. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but it was just one of those things where stepping away from the drugs and alcohol and into recovery has changed my life for so much better. Um, you know, I'm just grateful. And, um, a lot of that had to do with facing fears. And so I hope that whatever fears you're facing, just know that, you know, you can face the fear, um, and recovery. (laughs) They talk about F everything and run is one way to spell fear or face everything and recover. So that's something you can chew on today. And that's the, uh, mini nugget, mini nugget. So in closing, just want to let everybody know I am interviewing, uh, Andrew Suskind. He was on the show last year. His book was, it's not about the sex. And he has come out with a, a companion workbook. So for people that had issues with sexual compulsivity, it's a companion workbook to that book. So I'm super excited to hear about that. And then, um, have another guest I'm interviewing on the 30th, which should be, uh, which should make for an interesting chat. And uh, I'm going to do some more mini nuggets and, uh, just keep on trucking and, you know, we will see how it goes. And, uh, I hope you all are well. I hope you had a good holiday and happy new year. I know it's a little late, but, uh, better late than never, sir. Better late than never. Better late than never. But hey, have a good day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for showing up for your recovery today. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Get in touch with the show via Instagram at Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Also, the email is recoverynuggetspodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Thank you for showing up for your recovery today. Recovery Nuggets podcasts and guests are not representatives of any 12-step program. I'm not a doctor, counselor, or therapist. I share my experience, strength, and hope. Guests of the show share their personal experiences and opinions. Take what you like and leave the rest. (laughs) 